Thanks for listening to Faith in the Fast Life. I'm Nick Order. I'm your host. On this show, we look to break down the stereotypes of what the Christian looks like to the world by receiving testimony of action sports athletes and other athletes and just individuals across the world. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and fastlifeministries.com to give. Hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning. Thank you for joining the Faith in the Fast Life podcast. Today we have Force Rowell, Youth Alive Pastor. What's up? Good man, good man. Good. He's got a bigger beard than I do, so it's uh <laughs> it's a it's a challenge this morning of the the battle of the beards. I got the mustache going though, so I got you there. Mustache is cranking. Yep. So we're we're together this morning, you know, unscripted live you and me doing this. Um you know, I I think uh, I think I want to start real quick. I think we should pull this together in prayer. And uh just just see what we have to say today. We're we're going to talk about what it really means to let go and let God this morning, you know, common thing is, uh, as we, as we talk as, as being a non-believer coming into being a believer and as we go out into the world with fast life ministries, you know, there's all these questions that arise and, and as Christians, we kind of walk and we have this, these certain sayings and these certain things, right? The, the lingo, the Christian lingo. And I want to, I want to draw more light to that so that the people that maybe aren't walking the same can understand it a little bit better. So bow our heads with all our listeners and everything this morning. Uh, we just uh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for being in this podcast booth, Lord, and just being in the the ears of all the listeners today, Father God. And we just pray that you let your word be heard today through Forrest, through me, and just be undeniable in the lives of so many, Lord God. Let let your truth come out. Let it be understood, and just help everybody who may be struggling in any way, shape, or form, Lord. We've Praise you and we love you in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, so for us, a little background on you. Um, every time we do this, we're, we want to talk about what it looks like, right, to let go and let God. But what can you tell our listeners about you? Where Where did you come from? What's What's Forrest's story? <laughs> My story, in a nutshell, is really based right here in Pueblo. You know, I was given a a great life. Right here, grew up, born and raised, still a native here today. Love it. But let's go back in time real quick. My parents, this will blow your minds, my parents were hippies. <laughs> now, if you see a picture of me or you have ever <laughs> seen me, you'll go, oh, well, that makes total sense. Uh, my parents were saved in the Jesus movement. They gave their heart to Christ, and uh, God did some amazing things. So I grew up in an environment that was quite different than they grew up. They grew up partying, hanging out, doing all these crazy things. But I grew up in church, a lot, a lot of church. And so it was kind of wild, and it didn't really make much sense to me. Long story short, God did get a hold of my life at 10 years old, and I was called to ministry at 16. I graduated high school just before you did at Centennial. I was a Centennial Bulldog in 1998, graduated from there and went to Southwestern Assemblies of God University and was there from 98 to 2002. God called me back home to pursue youth ministry. And uh, man, we pursued youth ministry at Praise Assembly for nearly nine years. And then God took us on a journey through this curveball and said, hey, become Youth Alive missionaries and serve Colorado and Utah. Uh, in this idea of connecting church to campus, that's what we've been doing over the last ten years. Awesome, and that's uh, 
so several years in ministry now at this point. So we're, uh, we're I'm, I'm catching up slowly. Actually, I'll never catch up at this yeah, point. I'm, you just I'm turned way 40? No, yeah. big dog. You just turned 40. Yeah. I'm 41. So I yeah. got you by a schmidge. Yep. And still, just for all the listeners out there, I still have the edge over this young pup <laughs> on the ice. Yeah. FYI. I knew it was coming up. So Forrest and I grew up playing hockey together um, and still playing a, in a men's league on Wednesday nights against each other. And he is a great man of God until you put him on the ice. And then <laughs> elbows start flying. The cheap shots come out. Slew footing people in front of nets. Like, it's insane. Absolutely, there is a there's a competitive drive inside Forrest that is unrivaled by by not many. Our friend Mike, I think Mike has that same competitive drive. Put those two together in a room, whether it's, it's ping dangerous. pong or pool, and it gets ugly. But um, so great to have you here, the listeners. To, uh, I love the little background story. It's uh, we wonder sometimes if Forrest is going to wear shoes for the day or not. Um, I try not to. Yeah, but uh, on a chillier day gotta wear some kicks yep or at least flip-flops yeah flip-flops so i mean 50 plus degrees you come to youth camp with me and you barely ever see me in shoes <laughs> chill awesome so so just in, in letting the spirit guide us in and we we hear it all the time right let go and let god and and in my mind what we're really trying to grasp with that and it, it's such an easy thing to say for all the listeners out there it's so easy to say well just let go then let let God guide you, right? Let go. Well, we're all we're all human. We're all trying to control something. We all do it. I I do it daily. Trying to control, trying to control. So letting go and letting God. Talk to me a little bit about that. What what do you think that means? What does that look like? Well, I've been on this uh Christian journey for a minute and uh I'll tell you what, it the thing about your Christian walk, when you become a believer in Jesus, it doesn't just like begin and end in a moment, but it's a lifetime. Yeah. And he teaches me lessons every single day. And I'm a little hard-headed, so it takes me a while to come around. He's got to teach me like the same lesson over and over and over uh, before this knucklehead gets it in his head. But let go and let God. That seems easy, yet it can be so challenging, so difficult at the same time. Let me give you an example. Early in my Christian walk, it was pretty, pretty easy to do so, right? You know, um, pursue God. I'm excited about the things of God. I'm young, I'm zealous, and uh, stoked about what God is doing. On yeah. the inside, I want to let it show on the outside, etc. God brought me back uh, from... Bible University and put me at Pueblo and uh, back at my home church. I was super stoked to be there and minister in that environment. It was amazing, amazing years of, of ministry in that environment. And then God throws me a curveball. I honestly, Nick thought I was going to be at, you know, at that church for my entire life period. I didn't see any change happening. It was my dream and uh, it was being fulfilled. It was being lived out. Yeah. And then God threw me a curveball. And as a believer, it's easy for us to go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my days. But really, we can't really ever say that. Our, our, the, the journey says, hey, believe God, trust God, and go where he will lead you. you know? So we want to be fluid in the hands of God. 
And so when he threw me that curveball and said, hey, step out of your church, become a missionary, and serve Colorado and Utah in helping reach the American teenager for Christ, there was a curveball there, you know? And it was hard for me to grasp, hard for me to get around, and it was a test of letting go uh, for me because I, I was already doing what I felt like I was called to do and then God was taking me a different direction. So this idea of letting go and letting God was somewhat difficult. But then when I started to wrap my head around what it is and what the role is, et cetera, I knew God was all over it. God was in it. And we stepped out. We said goodbye to uh, you know, a salaried position. You have to raise all of your own support as a missionary. We said goodbye to, you know, this this comfort and security that we were accustomed to and we had to step out and let go and let God that was kind of challenging and to be honest there were several people that were looking at me going are you nuts <laughs> dude you got like you got a, a a grip of kids and at that point we only had a, a few uh but are you crazy this seems kind of ludicrous that you would step this direction but it was God saying, will you let go and will you let me lead you and guide you? So, so you had to, basically you're uprooting yourself. You know, you've, you've grown roots in this community. You've, you've kind of invested. So like so many of us do, right, in the world, like where it gets comfortable, right? You, you create a routine. You make something happen on a daily basis, whether it's the, you know, for me, a former addict, um, there was a point in time in, in my addiction that – Honestly, like once I did the cocaine, like it actually, it actually hurt. Like once I did it, I felt so terribly sick. Like it literally was making my body sick, but my mind went through this routine on a daily basis to go to the drug dealer's house and go get it. And it was, it was a routine. It was the normal. So it was very hard to let go of that tradition and that the routine that you create in your mind. So yeah. kind of taking it completely away from a God thing into the darkness that I once lived in. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. And our listeners that uh, think about that a little bit, you know, what is that daily routine that you go through and that you're so comfortable with and that you, you can't let go of, right? Danny and I talked about it a, a few weeks ago on the podcast with fasting and, and kind of getting yourself out to, to let go of, of that, thing to get closer to God, to fast those habits, this kind of in the same sense of just letting go of things. And one other thing that you just said right there that I'd love for you to explain with the, with the listeners a little bit, you said, you know, God told me to, and that's a big one. I know before I was a believer, it was like, well, I hear a booming voice of God come down and, and uh, explain that a little bit. What, sure. what, how did, how did he speak to you when he said you're going to go this way? Yeah, and for you know, for a non-believer, that can seem spooky or mysterious, or like kind of kerpats, right? Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah, you're a little loco. What are you talking about? You know, you're hearing from God. Well, when you have a right relationship with Jesus, man, you're spending time in prayer, you're spending time in His Word, and you feel nudging of the Holy Spirit yeah. in certain directions. It's not like I sit at home and God has this booming audible voice or he's got the microphone and uh, I've got the headphones on and he's just speaking to me loud and clear per se. But there's this leading, there's this guiding, you know, there's this nudging of the Holy Spirit within. 
And so when you are walking with him, there's a sensitivity to that. And obviously you want to be obedient. You know, I don't want to be a man, a quote, man of God, right? That challenges other people only to put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. And yet I'm on the sideline going, eh, I'll just chill. I'll just sit back. I'll just relax. And I'll tell other people what to do and how to do it. I want to practice what I preach. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. Um, I had a, a, I heard, I think it's Pastor Furtick. I listened to one of his sermons on, on the other day. And uh, he was talking about God as a confrontational God. And what he's doing with that is anything that's not not good for you or not right for you, not where he wants you to be, he's actually going to confront it. So it's like it, I, I pictured it in my head as he closes doors, right? You always say, well, God will open up doors and close doors for you. Well, if it's not where he wants you to be and it's not right, he's going to start closing certain things. He's going to be confrontational in that moment to help guide you another way. So those nudges you're talking about, I can kind of see like, you know, that door closing, a visual mind here. My wife is really good at having such a visual of all things, but I can see the door closing and maybe not closing, but like sending you down a different hallway. And then all of a sudden this door opens up and you're like, well, what's this? Okay. Like a little bit of a telltale sign. We're going in this direction. We're going this way. So in that moment you let go, where was the final straw of that? Like where, where it was like, okay, like this is it. Like we're giving up praise assembly. We're giving up the youth ministry here. We're going to raise our own funds and we're, we're going well, when we started to wrap our head around what it was, the role that God was calling us into, it seemed to be a no-brainer. It seemed to be very natural fit, very smooth transition. And uh, everything that we were going to be asked to do in this new role was stuff that we were implementing in real life and in real time. So we were stoked man to be able to take kind of some of those concepts and have a deeper reach a broader influence it meant a lot to us it was an honor it was a privilege and we still are walking in that today and so you know we said hey we love and we we're still pueblo people we still live here we still you know we love this environment it's just we're expanding a little bit outside of that box to share some of the things that God has been doing um, all over Colorado and Utah. Yeah. You know? So kind of the same same process. So it's it's uh, it was familiar territory, just a, a bigger playing field. Correct. You, and you got to be able to pack the show up and put it on the road. And you touched a little bit about it, but back then when that was called, you had how many kids at that point? I we had four at that point in time. And what do you guys have now? We have eight. Eight kids. I love it. You you guys got to understand Forrest's wife. But she's a she's a saint of her own to, to be able to deal with Forrest alone. Truth. And then and then be able to get eight kids going, which are all great kids. I love how the the older ones are helping take care of the younger ones. Just an awesome family, great people. So excited to have you here and talk about this stuff. Just loving it. Um, so let's keep going, man. Like, let does it look like letting go and letting God? I know Forrest <laughs> was all he expected me to give some great sermon notes and and uh, I guess not sermon notes, but give him notes of hey, what are we going to talk about and. 
Guys, if you don't figure it out by now, we just wing it on this podcast. We're just <laughs> going for it. So whatever I, comes out, comes out. And it, it's raw and real. And sometimes we mess up and uh, we just keep going. To the listening audience out there, I hit Nick up on Monday and I said, yo, you're going to throw me some show notes. you got some questions. You're going to pitch me a softball. What do you got, man? He goes, nah, just going to wing it. Yep. So just show up and have fun. That's so it. here we are. That's what it's about. Letting go and let God, right? See, see, right in that thing, <laughs> Forrest was looking for some sort of control, some sort of guidance. He he did you did you feel the need that you you needed some some guidance? And and I'm over here saying, nope, let go. Yeah, just yeah. let go, and we'll let God take it where He takes it. Right? That's truth. And and there it is. And it, it's such a struggle. Like it's a daily thing. You know, struggling to. I mean, let's think about some of the things out there that people are 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 struggling with, right? So, not only I do this podcast and we we have this ministry that we're we're getting rolling, but I also own a business and I have you know several employees. Um, you know, one of the big ones for me, and maybe this can relate to somebody out there, but um, the need to even control their daily actions and how something should be done. So we have a retail shop. You know, we sell boats, we sell wakeboards, we sell wake surfboards, all these different things. And there's a certain way that I have displayed and retailed things for all these years, right? That's, it's a good way, the way it should be done. And it's sometimes really, really hard to step aside from just doing it yourself. That old thing of, well, that was I was saying, if, if you want something done right, just do it yourself, mm-hmm. right? That's hard to let go of. Like there's some truth to it, but as a leader, you want to be able to, basically give them a key accountability and say this is the outcome we're looking for how you get it done doesn't matter just as long as it gets done that's right whereas the 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 way that a lot of times i fall back to want to do is to go control it and say nope you hang those five things over there and put those six things there and and put that there but then it doesn't really save me any time it's me wanting to control the situation so just one more thing of you can let go of and these little little things and i guess maybe for me when the the let god part of it comes from once i've let go of whatever that is and in this scenario let go of the need to tell the boys what to do the the let god comes in of just letting his peace come over me so that i'm not anxious about what the outcome might be and and finding time in that what's your thoughts on that sure no that's that's a great scenario you know uh it's important for us to just kind of relax a little bit, you know, uh, even just showing up at the show today, I'm going, okay, I was thinking some notes, I was thinking some questions, et cetera. I think like that, I think kind of in that process, right? I've got, so when I'm preaching, I've got my sermon notes laid out, et cetera. You know, we're doing a youth convention, we're preaching a youth convention next weekend and yesterday, all day. You know, I'm just polishing up the points and this and that and da da da. This illustration's going to go right here. This point's going to go right here. This scripture's going to be right here. So that's how my mind works. And uh, that's how God processes through me. But there is this idea of, hey, sometimes we just got to step back and just surrender and say, God, here we are. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what really counts. Here we are. Do what you want to do. 
and help us to be obedient. See, and I'm the guy that needs forced by my side so that when the ADD brain gets going 100 miles an hour and 50 different thoughts and ideas come spitting out in different ways, I say, hey, write this down. Write this down. <laughs> Organize this for me because I'm just completely scatterbrained. I'm all over the place all the time. That's just the way God made me. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, tell us more about that. Tell Tell us more about about when you're preaching and you know those things that can do you have a scenario of when you've let go how how are the kids eight kids you know yeah let's track there for just a moment because i want people i want the listeners to understand that that was not it's not really my plan that wasn't really my doing per se um although it was right like <laughs> so all right so let's talk about the kiddos the family you know i'm married to my high school sweetheart she was, believe it or not, a Central Wildcat. I was a Centennial Bulldog. Uh, we were Cross River rivals, if you will. And, uh, you know, there we are. We're dating hey, in high so school. So on that real quick, yeah. and maybe you'll remember this, for, for the listeners who aren't from this region, that is the oldest rivalry west of the Mississippi. Yes, is sir. Oldest, so it's, foot, oldest football rivalry west of the Mississippi. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, big deal. So anyway, that was unique. Um, we go through, you know, college years. I'm in Texas. She stays here at Colorado State University, Pueblo, and uh, she does her studies here. We dated long distance. We get married of January 5th of 2002. Okay, so amazing start. It was a little bit lengthy in regard to the dating process, et cetera, long distance. We had to overcome some obstacles. Fast forward, we get married and we come back home. We're back in Pueblo, feeling good. Life is awesome. We've walked through at that point. We've already walked through premarriage counseling. Uh, we've walked through everything that we can to prepare ourselves for the road ahead for success. And uh, we get married. And shortly thereafter, she is going, hey, I think we ought to start a family. And I'm like, mm, well, you know, we had this idea, we talked, you know, we got some things kind of written down uh, about we got family. Plans. We, we got, got plans, plans, man. The five-year so, plan. This is what on. we're doing in the next five years. So to fill that gap, I said, oh, got it. We'll get a dog. So we went and got a dog. And then we got another dog. <laughs> and we just kept getting dogs. No, we just had two dogs. That bought me about two and a half years. And then she was like, hey. We got to start having having kiddos. So we had our first. We had Rocco, and uh, Rocco's amazing. Shortly thereafter, we have Bruno, and uh, then we have Simona. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then we have Francesca. And now we're at four, and I'm going, whoa, this is getting kind of wild, kind of crazy. you know. And now in that moment, we're stepping out. We're making transition. We're now pursuing Youth Alive, uh, et cetera. We're stepping away from the the boat, if you will, and it's been kind of wild journey. And then we get pregnant with our fifth. Now people start to look at you and go, uh, what's going on, man? <laughs> this is kind of wild. And so literally I'm at an event in Salt Lake City, and I'm driving with some friends that are my age uh, down the street, and they're like, dude, you have, you have five, you're going to have five kids. That's crazy. And you have... Rocco, Bruno, Simona, Francesca. What are you going to name this one? And in my heart and in my head, I'm going, you know what? 
I'm going to name this one Finito because we are finished. It's over. It's done. Forget about it. And uh, there I am, and and we have Franco, a.k.a. Finito, and I'm thinking that's all she wrote. So I go, okay, cool. Uh, we're done. <laughs> okay. Papa can't handle no more. I'm going to get a vasectomy lined up, and I go in, and uh, before I go, my wife is looking at me saying, please don't do this. And I literally, I look back and I'm like, shh, daddy knows best. Sometimes a man of the house has to make mm-hmm. tough decisions, right, Nick? Yeah. So I said, hey, I got to go. I got to make this tough decision. I'm going to go. You're going to get over it. Life's going to be good. I go in, get a vasectomy, come back a year later. Fast forward a year later, we're pregnant. What? <laughs> After the vasectomy. Those, yeah. Cra- crazy part of this is I have a similar story. Not not as good as this, but the vasectomy thing isn't always a 100% guarantee. So, so we won't rat out the doc. But, <laughs> yeah. But, He's but, retired now. Funny thing, it's the same doctor. It was the same doctor. So so um, we roll. I roll back into the doc, and I'm saying, yo, what's up? I I said, I got a vasectomy a year ago, and yet I'm now pregnant. With our sixth, what's happening? And uh, do a couple of things. And he goes, well, you're still firing bullets, man. <laughs> and I'm like shocked. My jaw drops to the ground. I said, yeah, I'm still firing bullets. I got my sixth on the way. Do you realize that? You know, I'm go- I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Not too stoked about it, right? Uh, although, I mean, obviously I'm... I'm excited, but it took me a while to come around because I got goals. I got dreams. I got vision. I got this. You had control. You had control of something. I had control of it. And so we're in that season, and we have a healthy sixth baby named Serafina, who we call Cherry. and She's amazing, and she's adorable and wonderful. But it was in that season where I go, okay, Cool. As long as we, we're going to have this healthy baby shortly thereafter, I'm going to be back in the seat, the saddle again, if you will. And I'm going to get second vasectomy to uh, finish this thing off. So I do. Before I go, my wife is literally looking me in the eyes, begging me, please don't go. Tears streaming down her face. <laughs> I look at her, and I go, shh, daddy knows best. I get in the car, I drive to the hospital, and I have a second vasectomy. Needless to say, Nick, that rattled the cage, okay? That woke up a sleeping Uh, giant. Your personal cage or Hannah's cage? (laughs) Because I did the second vasectomy, too, and it was very painful. That, that was a whole different type of rattle than the first one. It's a so different ballgame. Yeah. Uh-huh. No fun. So no whose who's cage got rattled there? Uh, both. Both, <laughs> both cages were completely rattled. She's emotionally distraught because I've kind of stepped in that direction in such a bold fashion. So let me walk you through that story a year and a half goes by and she wakes up every morning and bombards heaven and just prays her guts out. And I'm like, it ain't going to work. 
It ain't going to work is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's done. It's over. You're going to go through your grieving process. We're going to move on with life, and it's going to be amazing. It doesn't happen. A year and a half later, something wild begins to happen. Those prayers that she's been throwing up to heaven, God begins to stir something inside of me. And I, I can't even believe it. I can't even fathom it. To be honest, I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's no way in the world this is happening right now. I kind of put my hands over my ears, if you will, like la, 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 la. I'm not listening. I can't hear that. That must not be you. It's got to be pizza and pop from the night before. There's no way. And that happens over and over and over. Again, the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And finally, it's happening so consistently, so regularly, this nudging that I throw my hands up in the air and I look up to the sky and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and it was like as clear as crystal. The Holy Spirit basically looked at me and went, shh, daddy knows best. And in that moment, I'm shocked, I'm blown away. And I'm thinking, God, what does that mean? Well, what that means is, hey, you've taken it into your own hands when this wasn't my plan, my purpose for you. You've tried to guide the ship on your own, yet I want you to let go and let me guide the ship. And I struggled with that to be honest. But then I met my wife in the prayer room for several months following that. And we were praying and fasting together and seeking God saying, God, what does that mean for us? And we came into this resolution that at about the two-year mark after the second vasectomy where God was speaking and saying, hey, I want you to reposition yourself. Put yourself in my hands. I know that sounds ludicrous to many people that are out there. It sounds like I, I have multiple personalities because I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. <laughs> it's it's nutty, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah it's nutty. Uh, but it was in that moment that God was speaking loud and speaking clear, saying, you know what? You ask people to put their faith, trust, and hope in me on a daily basis, and yet you can't trust me with your family? What a joke. And so I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And I, I said, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be somebody that practices what I preach. And I said, okay, God, what does that mean? And it was a repositioning. Now, I know that sounds nutty again, ludicrous, but we found a doctor that does a reversal surgery. And, uh, man, we headed that direction a couple of months later. And um, it felt so amazing to put ourselves back into the hands of God. Because I'm thinking practically. I'm thinking like any other human being would think, how in the world am I going to survive? How am I going to keep lights on? How am I going to put food on the table? How are we going to get kids into college? How are we going to do all of this stuff with, with this? And it was like God was saying, hey, trust, surrender, obey. Just let, trust me. Let go and let God. 
let go and let God. Let him do his work, right? And we did. We put ourselves in that position. We got the reversal done. And it wasn't like we were chasing more kids. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to position ourselves out of obedience. It didn't matter if another kid came or not. The pressure was off. The sense of uh, satisfaction was given in regard to being obedient to what God was doing. We let go and we let God. Needless to say, six weeks later, boom, we're pregnant with our seventh. Needless to say, here we sit with eight. The rest of the story kind of unfolds just the way that you could imagine. And now people ask me all the time, Nick, what's happening? What's next? And I said, hey, sky's the limit. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just letting go. and I'm just letting God. And that, how does that me. feel, though? I mean, for, for the listeners out there, like how does... I mean, there's, it's like I said, I struggle daily and it's hard because I, I, uh, I live in this life. I, you know, I'm trying to walk, I'm trying to be obedient and I have a worldly job, right? Where I'm in the world a lot and, and I'm human. I make plenty of mistakes over and over and I repent and I ask and I'm getting better, but I'm not perfect. But when I truly do let go of something and I, and I, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air, right? I mean, it's, it's like, wow, like I don't need to carry that pressure on me anymore because I trust my father who's in heaven mm-hmm. has got me. So what does that feel like for you? Like, I mean, it's it's got to be liberating a little bit, right? Oh, it feels amazing. And, you know, it, it's never ending. I told, told you kind of at the beginning of this podcast, I'm a little bit of a hard-headed guy. I got to learn my lessons the hard way, the long way. If I would just sit back and be sensitive to his leading in the first place rather than trying to take it all into my own hands and say, well, this is my plan. This is my purpose. Instead of understanding that it's not about me, but it's about him. It's about his glory. It's about his plan, his purpose. I've communicated to several students in the way of, hey, why would I want to be driving a Ford Festiva when God's got a Ford Mustang for me? My plan is like, hey, I got a Ford Festiva, and it's going to get me from point A to point B, but God's got a Ford Mustang. Why would we settle for our plan rather than his plan? We need to submit. We need to surrender. We need to let go and let God, because his plan, his purpose for our life is so much better than we could ever dream or imagine. Nick, you know me. You, you, we're with each other on a regular basis. You know that I'm living, I'm living fast life yep. because we got a billion kids running around, right? We're living fast life. It's wild. It's controlled chaos most of the time, but it is a blast. God yeah. is doing something so cool and so fun in our life and in our ministry because we're sitting back and letting go, letting God and saying, okay, we're just in it for the ride, baby. That's what I love about the, the fast life moniker, if you will, you know, when we, when we decided on fast life, cause it covers so many bases. I mean, I come out of the action sports world, you know, hockey, we grew up playing hockey together. I, mean, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, you know, living fast, but I mean, a person, you know, anybody can, you know, our friend Mike, the surgeons, like what surgeons do on a daily basis is insane. The amount of pressure that's on, they're living a fast life. Mm-hmm. You, the, the ministries, everywhere you're going, taking eight kids with you. Like I have three kids from 17 to three years old, broad gap there, and just trying to package all of them up 
to go to church, let alone to go on a trip across the country or the state lines. And Forrest and Hannah are packing up eight kids. And I mean, you talk about fast, man. You guys got it down to a science. It's incredible. We do it tomorrow, man. We'll load up in the RV. We'll head to uh, Green River, Utah for a couple of nights. Then we're in Sandy, Utah. Preach a Sunday morning, Sunday night youth event. We're at uh, a thing called District Council for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We travel from there, go straight to Ponderosa, preaching a Friday, Saturday, Sunday youth convention. God is so good, and we get to do it together as often as we would like to. So, man, letting go, letting God, one of the greatest decisions I've ever experienced in my life. And again, it's going to happen again. I'm sure that God is going to test me again, and I'm going to have to say, okay, I'm going to have to surrender unto his plan, his purpose for my life. Yeah, that's incredible. So as we kind of wrap up our time here today, if uh, people want to get out and bless the ministry and your mission is uh, Youth Alive, yeah. how, how can people reach to do that if they want to want to bless you and your family? Sure. We're Rocky Mountain Youth Alive, and you are more than welcome to check out. We've got some cool video. As a matter of fact, a little Fast Life video-ish. We do a longboarding video that's on the very front page, homepage of our website. Our website is yarm dc.org and uh it's pretty fun we got a lot of cool stuff on there lots of different things that we've developed over the years uh are kind of archived on that website as well we got some really amazing stuff happening right now please go there check it out get some more information and there's a partner button up at the top uh you'll see that partner button click there and if god stirs your heart to uh, surrender and obey yeah, and let go and let God and come on as a partner. Man, we would love that. We need partners. There's no doubt. From getting from point A to point B, uh, God knows that we need uh, more support, more help in that direction. Yeah, more prayers that that, that can help and that listeners will, will get the message here today. And I always like to close with, with one thing. And if, if there was one thing that you could say to the listeners today that would help them let go, help maybe, maybe they're... Maybe they're an unbeliever. Maybe they're lukewarm. Maybe they're halfway. Whatever it looks like, wherever they might be, what is the one thing that you want to say to them? What do you want to close with today? What do you want them to take home with them? I think I'd like to close with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I truly believe that that's a promise for every believer today. And if you're not a believer, trust me, give your heart to Christ. Commit to the things of God because his plan, his purpose for you is to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan, his purpose for you is to give you a hope and a future. Be encouraged today. Fall in love with Jesus and surrender to his plan and his purpose. Let go, let God. Yeah, absolutely, Forrest. Thank you so much for being here. For all the listeners, as always, we we got how you can get a hold of Forrest and uh, partner with them on their on their mission. Um, FastLifeMinistries.com to give to Fast Life Ministries. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And we thank everybody for your time today. And uh, we'll just close and uh, send everybody on their way, letting go and letting God with Fast Life Ministries.